Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. I'm really excited about today because we're going to start a brand new series. And I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I really felt it in my heart this past week as we were talking about it. God's going to do something special through this series. And as we're kicking off November, can anybody believe it's already November? Come on, absolutely crazy. It feels like we just had Thanksgiving dinner. Now we're about to have it once again. But uh, we're doing this brand new series called I'm Thankful, But. I'm Thankful, But. Can you say that with me? Come on. I'm Thankful, But. We're getting into the season of uh, you know, holidays and families and all that. And we're talking about gratitude and Thanksgiving a lot this month. Uh, but I really believe that a lot of times we have a but in the middle of the way. We, we want to be thankful, but we want to be grateful, but we want to praise God and have a good month. But sometimes we feel lonely. But God, sometimes I just feel lost. I'm thankful, but Sometimes I'm, I'm just angry. You ever been there? God, I want to have gratitude, but sometimes we start comparing and we live in the age of comparison all month long. We're going to talk about our butts in November. Come on, somebody. Anybody grateful for that? Come on, it's going to be good. Some people are like, this is weird. I'm out of here right now. What's, what's in the way of your praise? What's in the way of your thanksgiving? Come on, somebody. What's in the way of you praising God for what he's already done, is doing, and will do in your life? Because all I know is at the end of the day, no matter what may happen, no matter what my butt may be, come on, we have a good God that is for us. He is on my side. And I got to remember to be thankful this month. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. Come on. We're gonna, I'm excited about this series. Today, we're talking about loneliness. We're talking about loneliness. And I think today uh, we're all going to get some help in our own lives, and our own soul. Um, next week, we're talking about feeling lost. Have you ever felt lost? Have you ever felt like, I have no idea where to go, what to do? I just, I am lost. What is God's will? So many people ask about God's will for our life. Bring somebody with you next week. There's some people, there's a good month to bring somebody to church, a new friend, a family. God, I'm just lost. Week number three, we're talking about anger. God, I want to be grateful. I'm so thankful, but I'm angry. I'm angry. There's a lot of reasons why some of us are angry. And um, so I'm just really excited. Grab your Bibles. Go to Psalm chapter 68. Go to Psalm chapter 68. By the way, it's so good to have Alex playing bass. I want you to know him and his family just welcomed a brand new baby to their family this past week. I love you. When was the baby born? Friday? Their baby was born Friday and Sunday he's in the house playing the bass. You're amazing. Seriously, you're awesome. That's baby number what? Number four? Number three. You're going for four? Ten. Wow. <laughs> Psalm chapter 68. Psalm chapter 68. Come on. Smile at the person next to you. Tell them I'm so happy to be sitting next to you. Come on. Look at somebody. Tell them it's good to sit, like sit next to them. Look at the person on the other side. Tell them I'm actually happier that you're next to me. I like you better than my first neighbor. Come on. It's the 11 a.m. service. Come on. 
Psalm chapter 68, I'm thankful, but a brand new series we're kicking off today across all of our location, all of our services, and today we're talking about loneliness. Psalm chapter 68, if you don't have a Bible, you can share, hopefully, with the person you're sitting next to. If not, we're going to put it up on the screen. It says this, we're reading the first uh, six verses. Psalm chapter 68, verse 1, are you there? All right, it says this, may God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad. Somebody shout glad. Come on. And may we rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Come on. Sing to God. Sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. Verses 5 and 6, you got to underline those, highlight those. This is what we're focusing on today. Look what the psalmist says. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Out of Psalm chapter 68, those first six verses today, we're going to start this series. I'm thankful, but... Today, maybe you're like, I'm lonely. I'm thankful, but I'm lonely. Life has just been difficult, or for whatever reason, I'm, I'm lonely. And uh, I realize that today, maybe across all of our locations, every service, there are some people in here today that you're feeling lonely. This morning when we woke up, I was going over the message at home and just preparing my heart and praying in my heart. And I really felt this in my heart. I'm not the type of person that usually says this kind of stuff, but I really felt, I got this almost like this image, this impression in my, in my spirit that today, God was just literally going to like just send a raindrop from heaven over lonely souls. And you were going to be refreshed in your heart, in your spirit, and in your soul. I'm really believing that across all of our campuses today. Come on, God is going to refresh your soul. Come on, amen. Amen. Today, if you're taking notes on a notebook, in your Bible, or on a phone, today I want to talk to you this subject, never alone. Can you say that with me? Come on, never alone alone never alone let's let's talk about jesus for maybe the next 25 30 minutes then we'll worship god one more time and then go have the best sunday ever amen come on let's pray father we thank you for today we thank you for your goodness for your love for your mercy with us and toward us thank you for this incredible day that's already been amazing across uh, some of our services already and for what you're going to do the rest of the day god as we start off this week we started off focusing on you i pray that today you may come encouraging refreshing some of us that we want to be grateful, but there's some things in our life that we don't understand. Come help us to open up our eyes and see you for who you are. Have your way in this service, God. We love you. We praise you. And uh, help the Miami Dolphins beat the Jets today. We really, need, we really need your help. We need a miracle. It's in Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Come on, church. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. I think, I think that we're living in very interesting times. We're living in special times. It really is kind of crazy. We're living in the information age, right? Something can be happening across the other side of the world, and within seconds, we'll be getting a live footage of what's happening. We're, we're connected. We have the internet and our phones and smartphones. Um, like we, It just connects us in an incredible, incredible way. Today's world is wild. 
I think that one of the reasons why this world is looking for so much connection as I was thinking about the message this week is because there's a massive disconnection that's happening in our hearts. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Friday night, we, we left the office and me and Diana went home and, and we were starving. We were hungry. We hadn't eaten all day. It, it was a crazy day. And so we, we got home starving. It's probably now 7 30, 8 o'clock at night. And so we said, let's go eat. Let's go eat. Let's go eat. Let's not even cook. Let's go. We're starving. Have you ever been so hungry that you're hangry? Come on. Come on. Have you ever been that hungry? And so we, we told our mother-in-law, hey, if you want to go eat? My mother-in-law came with us and told my sister, my, my sister lives down the street. Hey, you want to go eat? Yeah. So we went to go eat with my sister, my nephew, my mother-in-law. We got to the restaurant and I was already starving. Like I was, I was hungry. I was hungry. I was hangry. I was, I was so hungry. And, and when you're so hungry and you get to a restaurant like that, what do you do? You order everything off the menu. You order everything off the menu. Like you go in, especially, especially, especially if they have the bread baskets. Come on, at the restaurants. Oh, come on. How many know you go in on those bread baskets? Anybody know what's about? Come on. Everybody, everybody thankful for Cheesecake Factory and the bread they give. Come on, somebody. We will praise God for that bread in Jesus' name. Come on. Anybody grateful? I will eat all the breadsticks at Olive Garden if you leave me. Come on. Don't let me get in there hungry, right? And so we got to the restaurant and, and we consumed that bread like within a second. The waiter came by and he's like, oh, you guys are done with the bread already? Hmm. I was like, don't judge me. I'm hungry, bro. Like, so I'm here. So he brought us another basket. I think like five minutes later, he brought us another basket. <laughs> like we were, we were starving. Like, what, what do you want to eat? We ordered like all kinds of appetizers, all kinds of food. Have you ever ordered so much that at the end, you're like, what am I going to do with all this food? I didn't eat none of it. Like, this is... I got full with the bread. I ate so much bread. Have you ever gone grocery shopping hungry? Come on. Ah, that's the worst. Like you will take everything at Publix when you go through those aisles if you're hungry. Like I'll take Fruit Loops and Frosted Flakes. I'll take all kinds of white rice, brown rice, jasmine rice. I don't even know who jasmine is, but I'll just, I'm just hungry, right? Like I'm grabbing everything, all the vegetables, all the cabbage, celery, and the kale. You'll never touch the kale, never eat it, but you'll take it because you're hungry. Come on, have you ever gone? And I think what we're trying to do is that we're trying to fill an empty stomach with all we see. I think the same thing happens with loneliness. I think the reason why we're trying to connect so much is because we're trying to feel a disconnection in our heart or in our soul. Like, I think that's why everybody's jumping on social media. We're on social media. We want people to see us. We want to feel like we're connected. That's why we'll get on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok, the new one, <laughs> right? We'll jump on all that because I want to feel connected. I want to feel connected. I, I, I'll, we'll fill our schedule with all kinds of things. Like I'll get all kinds of meetings and dinner dates and hang out with friends. And some of that is good. I get it. But, but some of us, we're just trying to fill and grab everything we can because there's, there's an emptiness that needs to be filled. I can't even sit in loneliness. I need some noise. I'll turn on the TV. I'll turn on the radio. I'll, I'll do whatever I can because just to sit in silence reminds us of our loneliness. I'm feeling lonely. I'm thankful, but, but I'm lonely. And I think really where we're at is that we have more disconnection than ever before. Loneliness, loneliness is not just being alone. Loneliness can also be feeling alone even though you're surrounded by people, right? Like loneliness is also a state of mind because you can be surrounded by a whole bunch of friends. You'll be in church, you'll be here in service and everybody will be singing and say hi to one another during meet and greet, but you just feel alone. 
right? And you're surrounded by people, by friends. You're at home and people are all around you, but you still feel lonely. So I realized today across all of our locations, every service that maybe you came in here today and this is how you're feeling. Today you feel lonely. Like I, I just feel like I'm by myself. I feel like nobody understands me. I don't really have anybody in my life. Today I'm thankful, but, but I'm, I'm lonely. Actually doing some research this week as we were getting ready for the series, I came across this article that said in America today, we're living in what they call the epidemic of loneliness. More people are feeling more lonely than ever before. And it's kind of crazy because we're, we're more congested than ever before, more connected than ever before, more surrounded than ever before, but yet it's the epidemic of loneliness. And so they gave some statistics of this study that was done, and I'll show you just some numbers on what I found this past week. These are some, they, they kind of studied 20,000 people, 18 years and older, and this is what they found. They found that almost half of all Americans feel lonely. 46% of Americans feel lonely. That means half of this room today, you feel lonely. You feel disconnected. You feel like nobody knows you or understands you. They actually found one study while doing their study that said it's actually three out of every four Americans that are lonely. That means that the numbers actually can go up to 75% of us that feel lonely. 40% of people, Americans today, said that they feel left out of society. I just feel left out. I feel like, like I don't know, people push me off to the side. I feel lonely. Generation Z, I think that's about 18 years and younger, the new generation that's coming up, they're actually going to be the loneliest generation. And they're the most connected out of all of us. And they're going to experience more loneliness than all the generations that have gone before them. Now, they say that some of these rates, they actually are higher, and they go high for the people in their late 20s, mid-50s, and late 80s. Right? Late 20s, you're still trying to figure out what direction do I go in life? What do I do in life? Mid-50s, you're in the middle of your life, and you're like, is this where I'm supposed to be? Uh, is this how life was supposed to look like? And a lot of times those feelings can leave you feeling like you're by yourself. They call it midlife crisis. Or the late 80s, people that are getting closer to finding out they're mortal. And now their life is coming, may come to an end sooner than what they think. You can feel lonely during those times. Loneliness has been estimated to shorten a person's life by 15 years. They started doing research and they, they said it's not good for human beings to be alone and those that are alone and don't have friends, don't have people, don't have good meaningful relationships in their life. Not only is it bad for their mental state, it's even bad for your physical life. They said it actually equals to smoking 15 cigarettes a day and it shortens our life. It's the epidemic of loneliness. And if we look across our society, if we look across our country, some of us are more lonely than ever before. And we're feeling lonely. Lonely is a painful place to be. To be lonely, to be alone, to not have people that really care for us, it hurts. And we feel it. And we don't know what to do. Nobody sees me. Nobody hears me. Nobody really understands me. Have you been there? I've been there. Been there. I felt like... No, nobody knows. Nobody knows, right? <laughs> nobody knows. You know what I think loneliness? I, th I think loneliness is really a deception of the enemy. 
Listen to me. I'm not saying that you're not by yourself. I'm not saying that you're not alone. But I really believe that loneliness is a lie from Satan. I'm not saying that you don't have friends. I'm not saying that you really are alone. There's times where you are, and I get it. Some people have walked out or abandoned you. But the greatest lie that he'll get you to believe is that God himself is also out of your life. And so it's a deception of the enemy because if the enemy can deceive you, the enemy can disconnect you. Oh, come on. If the enemy can deceive you and tell you, that's right, people aren't there for you. Or your leaders don't really care. Oh, come on, your pastor doesn't care. Oh, you don't have people in your life. Your wife walked out, your husband walked out, and he'll begin to deceive you. It will lead you to the place where you say, not even God is in the picture anymore. And if he can deceive you and disconnect you, then your soul will really be in trouble because then you really won't be able to give God some thanks. Then you really won't be able to have an attitude of gratitude because you feel lonely. So it's a big lie, this epidemic of loneliness that the enemy is using on this new generation and on all peoples saying you're by yourself. Because it's hard to praise God when you feel lonely. And if there's anything that the enemy wants to do is that he wants to take away your praise. He wants to take away your thanksgiving. He wants to take away the gratitude that you have in your heart. When you feel lonely, you don't have space for gratitude. When you feel like you're by yourself, you can't give God a praise. You can't be thankful when you feel like God is out of the picture. And that's a lie from the enemy. Because he knows that praise is a problem for your problems. Oh, come on, church. He knows that if he can silence your praise, then he can get you in a pit. That's why some of us, when we come into church, we need to get our praise back. We need to begin to open up our mouth and be thankful. We need to begin to develop an attitude of gratitude in spite of what we may go through, in spite of what may, I may be walking in. I got to have an attitude of gratitude. I got to realize that my problems are not happening to me, but they're happening for me. I got to realize that my praise has power. I got to realize that when I open up my mouth and I begin to be grateful for the good and the bad. God begins to work everything out. Some of us, we need some praise on our lips this morning. Some of us, we need to begin to open up our mouth and say, I'm thankful for the sun, and I'm thankful for my marriage, and I'm thankful for this car. It may not work all the time. It may not have AC, but I'm thankful that I can get from A to B. I got some praise on my lips, and the devil is scared when the church begins to praise. When you begin to have thankfulness, somebody needs to give God a big praise this morning because he's been good because he is good because he's doing good my God is good the devil won't take my praise the devil won't take my thanksgiving I got a praise on my heart I will lift up my voice and I'll be thankful through the good and the bad I'll be thankful in the morning and at night I'll be thankful when the sun's out and when it's raining I got a praise come on if you got a praise on your heart can you lift up a praise in this place somebody come on Oh, come on, somebody, lift up a praise. Give God a shout of victory. If he's been good to you, you got to give God a praise. The enemy will make us sit in our seat and only think about all the problems that are happening to us. And what he's doing is that he's shutting down the praise of the church. Because what he wants to do is that he wants to shut down the witness of the creator. Because if you can witness how good God is when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, there's nothing he can do to stop you. But if he can take away your praise and if he can take away your thanksgiving, that's when destruction begins. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
and he's stealing our attitude of gratitude. I'm thankful, but. Oh, God, I got an attitude of gratitude, but. I'm going through this. Something powerful happens when you begin to praise God. Your perception begins to change. That's why it's important to get to church on time. Because we don't come to church to listen to a cute message from a good-looking guy. <laughs> Lulu laughed way too hard at that one. We don't come to church just to see some church news and listen to some. We come to church to remind our soul how good God is. Oh, come on. You ain't hear me, church. That's why we get here before the pre-roll. That's why we get here before the first song. Because I'm going to prepare my heart. It may be a tough week. I might have walked through some things. But I'm going to start my week strong. I'm going to get in the house of God. And I'm going to remind the devil and all of his demons that I serve a mighty God. That if God be for me, who can stand against me? I'll lift up my praise even when I'm in a pit. I'll lift up my hands even when I'm in despair. I'll lift up a praise. And I'll have an attitude of gratitude no matter what. Because I realize I'm not in this fight alone. And the devil will tell me it's the epidemic of loneliness. And some of us may be lonely. And some of us may be walking through loneliness. But I need to understand that even if I'm facing death, he's facing it with me. That even if I'm up against sickness, I'm not on my own. That even if I'm unemployed, I'm unemployed with a God that's for me. That even if I'm going through marriage problems, I go through it with a God on my side. I'm not alone. And when you realize you're not alone, everything changes when you realize you're never alone. Everything changes. David knows about loneliness. Psalm chapter 68, it doesn't look like it. But if you read some of the other Psalms, David knows pain. David has walked through days where he wants to call it quits. He wanted to throw in the towel. You read through some of the Psalms and David was depressed. Like, David, what's wrong with you? Like, David's just depressed. He wants to throw in the towel. He wants to call it quits. He's crying. He's in despair. David was down in a pit many days. David wasn't always King David in the palace, or he, he wasn't always warrior David in the, in the valley defeating Goliath. There's days where, where David looked like he was being overpowered by the enemy. David knew, and he was well acquainted with loneliness. There was times where David didn't just have enemies that wanted to steal his kingdom. He had an enemy that wanted to steal his life, that wanted to murder him. David wasn't always living in a palace, wasn't always just taking care of some cute sheep. David at times was in a cave hiding from his murderer. What do you do when you're in a cave and you feel that God is not even there? If anybody felt lonely, it was David. That's why you read Psalms like Psalm chapter 13 and David begins to write, How long, oh God, how long will you forget about me? Have you ever felt that way? Like how long, God? Here I am, I'm going through this. Like God, hello? Hello? God? <laughs> you been there? Like God, look, you see what's happening? I'm in a cave. This guy wants to take my life. God, where are you? David was in a cave, not, not with electricity, not with 
Instagram, not with TikTok, not, not with AC. He was in a cave by himself, and he, he knew loneliness. He felt four verses in Psalm chapter 13. God, how long? How long? Are you serious? You're going to leave me here forever? God, have you forgotten about me? God, how long? I prayed that prayer before. God, how long? That's why you get to Psalm chapter 142, for example, and he does the same thing. And he said, God, God, I have nobody at my right-hand side. God, nobody is around me to help me. Do you not see my enemies? So David knew pain. David knew despair. And there was times where he said, God, take my life. Like, I'm, I'm done. Wait, this is kingdom. You, you overcame Goliath. Some of us, we need to be careful because when we overcome the biggest giants in our life is when the biggest lies of the enemy will come. Because we get comfortable in our spirituality and we're like, good, I defeated that giant. I'm good. And then loneliness will come knocking. But David gets to a point in Psalm chapter 68 where he's no longer believing the lies of loneliness. Because loneliness will lie to you. And loneliness will tell you nobody cares about you. Loneliness will tell you nobody sees you, nobody hears you. Loneliness will tell you life is better without you. Your workplace will be better without you. Loneliness will tell you that when you leave your office, they stay talking about you. That's loneliness. You're going to be alone forever and nobody cares. And David eventually gets to the point in his life where he sees another face of God. Because the Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord... Oh, come on, somebody. He'll renew their strength. And so maybe for a moment it feels like God's not here. But if you just hold on a little longer and if you can pray a little harder and if you can open up your heart and worship in the middle of that pain, I'm telling you, God is going to come through. Not on our time, not on our watch, not when we think, but in his timing, in his calendar, when it is perfect, he's going to come through and you'll see how faithful God is. And so we get to Psalm chapter 68, where all of a sudden now, David is singing a different song. Now in Psalm chapter 68, he's like, hey, throw a party. Rejoice. Everybody rejoice. He says, let the righteous be glad. Anybody glad this morning? David, but you wanted to take your life a couple months ago. You wrote Psalm chapter 13. What do you mean? Oh, I've seen my father. Oh, I've seen how faithful God is. Oh, I was lonely. I was in a cave. It seemed like nobody cared. It seemed like God had forgotten about me. But now I know who this God is. Let the righteous be glad. Oh, be happy. Have joy in your soul. Because he takes care of the fatherless. He takes care of the widows. And he puts the lonely in families. When I felt alone, when I felt like nobody understood me, my God came to my rescue. My God came to my side. And he showed me that even mother and father may leave you. But I have a God that will never leave me nor forsake me come on and David in Psalm chapter 68 sings a different song now and I really feel this in my heart some of you are gonna leave out of here singing a different song today you're gonna leave out of here being able to thank God a little bit more than you did yesterday when you realize he's a good God I will be glad I will rejoice Because he's a father to the fatherless. Because he loves and takes care of the widows. And he puts the lonely in families. It's who God is. Psalm chapter 68, David is describing who God is. He's a good God. 
in spite of us maybe not understanding. God is, he's the presence that's always with us. God is the planter. God is the one who puts us where we belong. He, he won't forget about you. He won't look over you. His eyes are in, on you. Like this is who God is. And I realize that maybe today we're lonely for a lot of different reasons. Like a lot of us have different reasons on why we feel lonely. I came up with some reasons and maybe you can add to this list, but these are three reasons why I think some of us were lonely today. Three reasons why I think our society, or our culture is lonely. I think number one, it's, it's life circumstances. Life has happened that we don't understand it, right? There's been a, a divorce and now all of a sudden here I am at this point in my life thinking I should be married now. I should be with somebody and I, I didn't get married to get a divorce that wasn't in our plans. Like how did I end up here? Life circumstances have left you feeling lonely. Or, or maybe it's, it's a death, right? There's somebody you love, somebody you deeply care for. They've passed and now you feel like you've been grieving all along and you're, you're by yourself. It was somebody you loved. Life circumstance. Maybe, maybe something happened. You moved away from family or they had to move that now they're in another country and you're here and you feel like you're by yourself. Life circumstances will make us feel lonely. Number, number two, I think that sometimes because of number one, now number two happens where now it's a mental state. You're with family, you're with friends, but now something has happened psychologically now in your mind. You're in an unhealthy place and now you're just feeling lonely all the time. Some of us feel lonely because mentally we're just not, not there yet. Things have happened that now no matter what happens, no matter who surrounds us, we feel lonely. I've been there. Or number three, I really feel that the, one of the reasons probably that the ultimate, I'll say it's, it's sin, sin in the world. Because when we sin, we feel separated from God. We are separated from God. And once you're separated, disconnected from the creator, and you start to feel shame and guilt, it will disconnect you from relationships around you that want to help you. And so I think there's those reasons for loneliness. And maybe you have a few. What, what do we do, right? I'm about to close in a few minutes. What, what do we do? What do we do with the epidemic of loneliness? I'm thankful, God, but I'm, I'm lonely. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm grateful for some of the things in my life, but, but I'm, I'm by myself. What, what do we do? I came up with three things that I think we should remember. And same thing. I think you can develop your own things and write them down this week. More reasons to add. But, but three kind of like antidotes to the epidemic of loneliness and how to answer some of these things. I think we find it in scripture. And so I'll share with these three with, with you as we wrap up. Number one, number one, I think, I think we need to remember his goodness. Somebody say his goodness. When life circumstances happen and we don't understand everything, well, trust his goodness when you don't understand his will. Life will happen where we, we don't understand why God has allowed this. Have you ever been there? God, but I, I don't understand this why this the past three weeks have been crazy for some of us like this past week a, a young guy that that was planted in this house was part of our youth group a young adult in this house years ago he moved on to be in the military and was an incredible guy he used to step into a room and light up every room firm believer in jesus young guy with a beautiful son and just an amazing amazing guy this past week an accident happens and he loses his life and we get the news on on monday Tuesday we all come into work and we're like what what God but why him have you been there 
Like, God, why this? I don't understand this. Like, circumstances will leave you sometimes questioning everything. Three weeks ago, somebody that we love dearly, when I was in youth group or young adult group years ago, I'm still young, but not that long ago, but young. He was one of our leaders, and I love this guy. This guy didn't even have an evil bone in his body. Just one of the nicest guys. You know one of those people that you just meet, you're like, you're so nice. Like, moved up to New York recently and has an accident in his job and loses his life as well. Like, what? What? Him? Like, God, why? Why? Like, I don't, I don't, we don't have the answers to some of these things. What do you do when life happens and you don't understand it and it makes you feel lonely? God, why did I go through this divorce? God, why that death? God, why this separation? I don't understand. When I don't understand, I need to trust that he's good because faith is not predicated on understanding his wisdom. Faith is predicated on trusting his hand and trusting his plan. I have faith and I'm going to stand on knowing that he's a good God. I'm going to stand on knowing that he is for me. I may not understand all that he allows, but I know that he's good and I know that he loves me and I know that he will work it out. So when life wants to push me to make me feel like I'm alone and God's not even with me, I'm going to stand on what I do know. He does love me. He is for me. In the book of John, John chapter 9, Jesus and the disciples are walking by and they, they run into this blind man. The man has been blind for, since his birth. And the disciples say, well, was it his mother's fault? Was it his dad's fault? Who sinned or was it his fault? Jesus is like, why are you always trying to play the blame game? We're always trying to find the reason as to why things happen. He says, God allowed this so that you would see his glory. I don't understand how I'm going to see his glory, but I'm going to see it. I don't understand how God's going to work this out, but he's going to work it out because he is a good God and he works out all things for those who love him. That's why the apostle Paul, though he was one of the greatest evangelists, greatest preachers of the time, probably of all history, he was still shipwrecked. He was thrown in jail. They wanted to take his life. They beat him multiple times to the point almost of death. And he can still say in Romans chapter eight, verse 28, he says, for I know, for we know that God will turn all things around for those who love them come on he's gonna work it all out anybody believe that this morning he's gonna work it out he's gonna he's gonna bring some good out of this somebody today what you're walking through is not good but he's gonna bring some good out of it not saying that what you're walking through is good some of us have been going through some days where it's not good it's painful it hurts but he's gonna bring some good out of it so when life circumstances make me feel lonely I'm gonna remember his goodness can I get an amen what about when it's your mental state? What about because of number one, now, now I'm unhealthy in my mind. Number two, remember his presence. Somebody say presence. See, because the presence of problems does not mean there's an absence of God. And so maybe mentally, physically, psychologically, we feel like we're by ourselves. And now it doesn't matter who's surrounding me. Now it doesn't matter if everybody's laughing. Now it doesn't matter how much bread there is at Cheesecake Factory. I feel lonely I feel about like I'm by myself you can be in a restaurant full of people and you feel by yourself because now it's not a physical thing now it's moved on to a mental place the mind now feels lonely alone this is where we need to remember his presence that he promised he would always be with us and that he is he's a good God I'm gonna remember his goodness and I'm going to remember his presence. See, a lot of us, we think that peace comes when there's an absence of problems. Hey, when there's no problems, that's when God is there. 
Come on, when the marriage is going amazing, when the kids are acting like Archangel Michael and Gabriel, <laughs> when work is going amazing, where the bank account is flowing, that's peace. True peace, it's not the absence of problems. True peace is the presence of God. That's why when you can get in a boat and the boat may be rocking in the middle of the storm, but when you remember that Jesus is in the boat with you, oh, come on, you'll have peace even in the middle of the storm because I remember his presence and I remember that he said he'll be with me and I know that he told me we're going to get to the other side. So I'm not going to sink in the middle of crossing this lake. I'm going to trust that the God who told me to get in it and that we will get to the other side is the God who's going to make a way even when the winds pick up and even when the waves are crashing. Come on, I'm going to remember his presence with me and as long as he's with me I'm gonna make it to the other side I'm gonna make it he's the fourth man in the fire he's with me even when life hurts that's why Psalm chapter 46 verse 1 God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble come on somebody a very present not not a mediocre help not not a sometimes help come on he's a very present help in trouble are you going through trouble today he's with you and so when life circumstances, I remember his goodness. When it's my mind, my spirit, when I'm unhealthy, I remember his presence. And third and finally, when sin wants to break me down and keep me away from God, I remember his love. Somebody say love. See, don't let the shame of sin keep you from the grace of the Savior. Because some of us will, will do things in life that we're not proud of. Maybe this past week it was rough. God, I, I broke one of those things. I shouldn't have done it, God. I, I, I went somewhere I shouldn't have been. And I've done stuff. I don't think God loves me. And all of a sudden, the, the shame of sin will keep you distant from God. God wants to be with you. God wants to love you. God wants to forgive you. He wants to pick you right back up and get you moving forward in your journey. But, but shame will tell us, no, you can't move forward. And now you're distant and you're separated from God. We, hello, we, we go back to Genesis. This is how it started. Adam and Eve, they fall short. What does Adam and Eve go do? They hide. They hide behind a bush as, as if God can't see them behind the bush. God is coming. Let's hide. Right? And what is Adam? God is looking for Adam because God always comes looking for the sinner. Come on. God always comes looking for his children. And we're hiding from the very same grace that wants to heal us. He says, Adam, where are you? Today, I, I feel like God is saying to some people, where are you? You've forgotten his love. See, there's a difference between conviction and shame. When you do something wrong and you break one of God's spiritual laws, conviction will tell you what you did was wrong. But shame will tell you, no, you are the one that's wrong. Can I tell you today, there's, there's no shame here. All of us have fallen short of God's glory. Every single one of us have fallen. We've all messed up. We've all done something that separates us from God. But can I tell you, the grace of God is here. The love of God is here. Come on, he comes to love. He comes to forgive. He comes towards you. He comes towards you. It's his great love. The Gospels have a story of a guy named Legion. and Legion was possessed by all kinds of evil spirits. And the Bible says he was on the other side of Galilee. He was put out from society. People were ashamed of this guy. Oh, he's in a wrong mental place. He's unhealthy. He's possessed by evil spirits. He's, he's, let's just put him away from society. The Bible says that Jesus got on a boat and made his way toward him. 
got off the boat and got off to heal him, to deliver him, and to free him. Today, it doesn't matter where you are. I'm going to tell you Jesus is on the boat, and he's making his way to you because he loves you. He's for you. He wants to free you. He wants to deliver you, and he wants to pick you right back up. Come on, you're never alone when God is with you. And he's with you and me today. Let's stand up on our feet today all across this place. All across this auditorium. Can we close our eyes? Father, we thank you today for your presence. We thank you today for your love. We thank you today for your goodness. God, I realize that there's people across every location, every service today that are feeling lonely, that are feeling like life has left them alone. They feel abandoned, some rejected. Some of them maybe because of separation with family, divorce. Some of them because of death and now they're grieving. Life has just made them feel like they're by themselves. Some of them, it's, it's just now mental. It's, we're unhealthy, God. We're in a place where it doesn't matter who's around us or trying to love us. We can't receive that love. We can't receive that friendship or that relationship because we feel like nobody really truly cares. Some of us, God, we just, we're wrong. We've done wrong. We've sinned against you and we know it. And the sin in our life has kept us feeling lonely. Some of us in here are saying, God, you want nothing to do with me. Now some of that shame even keeps me from opening up with family and friends because some of us are dealing with addictions, with bad habits that we want nobody to know and, and we feel by ourselves. God, across this auditorium, across every location, today I pray for those that are feeling lonely. Today I pray for those that are feeling alone. May your presence, may your goodness, and may your love wrap them up in your arms. Every lie from the enemy, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Every lie of guilt, every lie of shame, every single lie that society has told us that we're not good enough or we're not there yet or we're by ourselves or nobody cares all these lies of loneliness in jesus mighty name we rebuke them break the lies over our minds break the break the lies over our lives father i pray that your holy spirit may come right now like a fresh wind i pray that raindrops from heaven come refreshing the souls that have been lonely that they know that you're a father to the fatherless. You take care of the widows and you put the lonely in families. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, God. Today I realize that there may be pain, there may be frustration, there may be grief. 
that we want to be thankful for loneliness, the epidemic of loneliness is stopping some of us from praising I pray for healing with every eye closed, with every head bowed if that's you today, if you're saying Alex I'm there maybe you already have a relationship with God, you know Jesus but you felt alone you feel like life has just left you in a lonely place if that's you and you you want God to begin to heal your heart and remind you of his goodness, his presence, his love. Can you raise your hand right where you're at? Just raise it up. Nobody looking. Come on, we're praying for healing. I believe the Holy Spirit is here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for every hand raised. God, you see every life. You see every story. You see every struggle. You see every tear. You know every heart. God, I pray that your presence may come now. I pray that they may sense you and feel you for who you are. The ever-present help in our time of trouble. Holy Spirit, wrap them up in your arms. Wrap them up in your grace. God, remind them that they are not by themselves. But remind them that you're the God that's with them. You're the God that's for them. Remind them that you set the lonely in families. Remind them that the lies of the enemy are nothing but deception. That you love them, you're for them, and there's people that love them and are for them. And so every lie spoken, every lie formed and forged in the mind, in Jesus' name, we pray that it's broken today. And we pray for healing, and we pray for freedom. And we pray for grace in Jesus' name. Send your water to cleanse us, to fill us, to wash us, and fill us with your presence, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come on, can we give God a big hand this morning? Come on, anybody grateful for his presence? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.